0: What does the Bible mean by the phrase common grace? Well, that's a question we'll tackle on Wisdom 828, where we're dedicated to stamping out spiritual malnutrition one episode at a time. Hi, I'm Bob Buchanan. I, I, oh, I, I, I. Who are you who wise? Have you ever caught yourself wondering why people who have absolutely no regard for Christ or the things of God receive some amazing blessings? And some, who are downright corrupt, get away with underhanded business dealings and and they never have to answer for it? In the quiet of your own mind, have you ever asked yourself, how can God continue to bless sinners who deserve nothing good? Well, the answer to these kinds of questions is found in the doctrine of common grace. Uh, The phrase doesn't actually appear anywhere in scripture, but it's everywhere attested to. Common grace is defined by Wayne Grudem as, quote, the grace of God by which he gives people innumerable blessings that are not part of salvation. It means that some of God's blessings are common to all people regardless of their relationship to Christ. Well, blessings like marriage or children, earning a living, housing, food, even breathing. Those who receive these blessings are not recipients of saving grace, though some might in the providence of God find him. For me, one of the key verses uh, that gives insight into uh, common grace is from Matthew chapter five. Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be the sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good And sends rain on the just and on the unjust. The sun and the rain benefit all people everywhere. The sun makes people happy after several cloudy days and the rain benefits farmers across the globe for the benefit of their crops. God's goodness is revealed in common grace. God's beauty is revealed in common grace. Who hasn't enjoyed the vistas of the Grand Canyon or the wonders of the universe or sat beside a mountain lake and finally relax from the bustle of the city. Common grace shows up in the human ability to investigate nature and science. Non-Christians who discover great scientific truths do so because of common grace. They have been given intellectual powers by God, and even though they may be atheists, they use their intellect to search out the mysteries and solve scientific questions. Mathematics, always a mystery to me, is a blessing of common grace poured out on humanity. Where would we be without engineers who design safer cars and planes and bridges? The criticism of many about God and Christianity is to ask if God is so good, why is there so much evil in the world? An important question that Christianity can answer, but in the context of common grace, we might ask a different question. Why isn't there more and more intense evil in the world? Common grace is God's way of providentially saving creation from self-destruction. God restrains the evil acts of wicked men and women. If people pursue sin, it's true that over time, God will deliver them to greater and more intense sinfulness. But common grace is seen in various organizations in human society. Marriage, the family, even government structures are the result of common grace. Think about civil government. Where did the idea for an orderly and safe society come from? God's common grace. In Romans 13, Paul tells us that civil government, it's God's idea. If God did not put that organizing principle into place, there'd be nothing but absolute and dangerous chaos all around us, even worse than we see now. So common grace is a blessing that, uh, for all humanity everywhere. Now, while it doesn't save anyone, We should be thankful for this display of God's goodness and mercy and common grace. As Grudem points out, Christians should reject or shouldn't reject the good things that non-Christians do as totally evil. By common grace, some unbelievers do good things and, and we should see it as God's hand working in and through them. The doctrine should stir our hearts to greater thankfulness. Enjoying something as simple as a walk in the city park is evidence of God's common grace technological progress, um, medical advances, a city's first responders, the water that comes from your tap and the heat that comes into your homes. All of these are the blessings of common grace enjoyed by all. And common grace is the context in which saving grace draws people to Christ. Common grace is the stage on which the most important grace plays its part to bring sinners to salvation. Thank God for common grace, and make it useful for, for, for uh, proclaiming saving grace to your family and to your friends. Remember, even the very next breath that you're going to take is from God's good, common grace. Make his grace, common and saving, known wherever you can and whenever you have opportunity. Well, that's all for today. Thanks for joining me and Steve the mate Wisdom 828 where we're dedicated to stamping out spiritual malnutrition one episode at a time. You be of good cheer.